Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Before we roll the audio on this PFT Live podcast, we want you to know that Mike Florio does an afternoon podcast. Why? To catch all the late-breaking news and developing stories in the NFL, of course. So you got to subscribe to PFT PM as well. Go to Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Art19, or Google Play. Search PFT PM and subscribe. Boom. Done. Thanks for the support. Now, stats. Another hour of the PFT Live podcast. Wednesday edition of Pro Football Talk Live, NBC Sports Radio, NBCSN. And hello once again to our good friends in the UK and in Ireland. I've now been requested that we specifically mention Scotland. Hello, Scotland. Sky Sports checking out the program. Big Cat on a Wednesday. We were talking about this a moment ago. There really is a feel to every day of the week. And Friday is usually Big Cat, new jacket, hoodie underneath, that Friday vibe that, hey, we're sliding into the weekend. You're screwing everybody up, man. Their rods and cones are messed up because they're seeing you on a Wednesday and they're getting that Friday vibe prematurely. They're going to go to work today. They're going to be not productive. They're going to get in trouble. They're going to lose their jobs. And then they'll be able to watch us every morning. I agree. I agree. I apologize to everyone. I got the call from the bullpen on a Wednesday. I feel weird being here on a Wednesday, but we're going to make do. And like I said, you're going to maybe get a little more serious tone from me to start off because I don't have that mindset that, uh, you know, every Friday, I I, I used to do this back when I worked in a regular job because this is a dream job, but every Friday I would basically tell myself that this is it. Like I never have to come back to work. I have, I have two days off after this. I basically can just pretend that I'm never coming back to work and ignore everything, and I think that's the mindset a lot of people take. Then, of course, Sunday comes around and you get the scaries, but I'm here on a Wednesday. I'm ready to uh, wipe the floor with you when we get to the draft. We'll do that later. Wipe the floor with you with the Taysom Hill stuff, but otherwise be a great co-host. Yeah, Taysom Hill's not in the outline for a reason because I know oh, you well enough now. And, and oh, let me just is. say this. Let me just say this. I haven't read the outline. Let me just say this. I appreciate very much that you acknowledge that what we have 
counts as a dream job because the guy who usually would be here on Wednesday does not count it as a dream job. To him, it's drudgery. To him, it's work. He needed a vacation. Sims is on vacation. His life is a vacation, but he's on vacation. So I, I appreciate that you regard this because anytime he complains about having to travel or this, or that, it's like, shut up. We've got dream jobs. There's nothing we should complain about. And then he tells me, well, something I can't repeat on the air. But uh, I'm glad that you view it the way I do, that we do have dream jobs. I've had some crappy jobs. I've had jobs where I've sat there and I've looked at the clock and I could swear the damn thing was going backward. And I just could not wait to get the hell out of there. And I can't wait to, even when I have to deal with you, I can't wait to get in the chair and, <laughs> and uh, exercise and live our dream job. All right, let's get to it. Cam Newton has a dream job in Carolina. He's the quarterback of the Panthers. He said he wants to stay. What you need to know this morning is we don't know what to know about the Carolina Panthers and Cam Newton because the people who are running that team are keeping their cards very close to the vest. Last week, it was general manager Marty Herney who was evading questions about the future of Cam Newton. This week, it's David Tepper, the owner of the team, who was asked about Cam Newton's status with the organization. Newton has said he will absolutely play for the Panthers in 2020. And David Tepper's position is there's nothing to talk about until Cam Newton is healthy. But don't take my word for it as if you ever would. Here is Panthers owner David Tepper on Tuesday addressing the future of Cam Newton in Carolina. I'm not a doctor. You know, I, and I said it a million times. Is he, is he healthy? And how does he? I mean, he's not a doctor. So, you know. There's a lot of uh, different things can happen. But first is, is he healthy? Tell me that and then we can talk. You know, it's funny. The I'm not a doctor thing works for most people. But when you are rich enough to buy the opinion of any doctor in the world or every doctor in the world, I don't know that I'm not a doctor flies. I'd like to think by now, David Tepper, multi-billionaire owner of the Panthers, has had a doctor give him some idea as to when slash if Cam Newton is going to be healthy again. Big Cat, I think with the Panthers, they are at a point where there's fatigue when it comes to the constant questions about Cam Newton's health and the reality that he never seems to be healthy. He's either rehabbing an injury or he's got a new injury he's playing through. And, and I think that at some level, the organization just has decided we need to move on. We can't do this anymore. So I agree with you there. I do think that there's the tone that they're going to move on from Cam Newton. I don't think that's smart. I think Cam Newton, if healthy, is probably still a top 10 quarterback. You just don't let a guy like that walk out the door when you don't have someone to replace him. Like, they tried the Kyle Allen thing last year. It didn't really work. They tried the Will Greer thing. It didn't seem like it worked. Who knows if he can be the guy. You know, he's obviously just a rookie. So, Cam Newton, if you're trying to win right now, if you're trying to say, hey, we have Christian McCaffrey still, who is, you know, one of the top three impact players in the league right now, you know, was was in the MVP discussion last year up until the, the season kind of fell apart. Let's let's still try to go for this thing. Let's try to put this thing back together with Cam Newton one last run. I don't think they're going to. I think that's the smart thing to do. But what this comment from the owner says to me is 
He's really just saying, I need Cam to show up and I need to talk to him. Because the, I'm not a doctor line, you're exactly right. He knows what's going on with Cam. He's gotten opinions on it. He's probably gotten multiple opinions on it. But he probably hasn't heard it from Cam. So having Cam Newton show up to OTAs, having him show up to off-season you know, workouts and, and non-mandatory lifts and being a presence in the facility, that's what this message kind of sends out there to me. Like he's saying, hey, Cam – Come show up. Let's talk. Let's see if you're okay. You tell me you're okay, and we'll assess from there. Right now, I'm just talking to a bunch of doctors, even though I'm not a doctor, and trying to surmise whether you're healthy or not. Well, and I think another part of this is this notion of buying into the new regime, the new process in Carolina. A lot of changes have been made. The only coach that Cam Newton has ever known at the NFL level is now in Washington. Matt Rule from Baylor is in, and when Rule was introduced – David Tepper answered questions from the media, and he was asked about Cam's future, and he went straight into this concept of the importance of having everyone buy in, which implies that maybe there's concern that the franchise quarterback, who has only played for Ron Rivera, may not buy in. Here's the bottom line. He's under contract for one more year at about $19 million. Incredibly tradable because it's ridiculously below market, and there's a team in L.A. that needs to start acting like it's in L.A. and has already begun the process of moving forward from Philip Rivers. He's gone. They've announced it. And Tom Telesco, the GM of the team, said earlier this week that that they like their internal options, although it's not like he's going to come out and say we want to trade for Cam Newton. That would not be wise. It would be tampering, first of all. Second of all, it makes it more expensive to get him if you make it known you want him. But that's the team that eventually should be banging on the door of David Tepper to try to get Cam Newton. And I think that one of the reasons the Panthers are being coy is they want to see whether it's the Chargers or someone else who will show up and try to trade for Cam Newton. And then they assess their options once they know what they can get for Cam Newton. They're being very strategic and businesslike about this. That's one of the reasons why David Tepper has so much money. He doesn't go into these things recklessly. He has a plan. And I think the plan is let's see what's behind door number two by way of what someone will offer us at some point for Cam Newton. Yeah, and looking right now, the Panthers obviously have the seventh pick in the draft. So you have to ask yourself, like, are they going to take a quarterback? Are you sold on a quarterback in that spot? Because I think Tua is probably going to go before that. Joe Burrow is going to go one to the Cincinnati Bengals. Are you going to find yourself in a situation where you sell yourself on a guy and just because you have the seventh pick, you're like, all right, well, we're up here. We might as well take a guy. I don't know if that's the smartest strategy. I also think, Mike, throwing in the element of a rookie head coach, a guy who's going from Baylor to the NFL, like, Having success right away and and showing that you belong is important for a guy like that. In Matt Rule, you're paying him a lot of money. So if Cam Newton wants to play for the Panthers and he wants to buy in, I think it would make it smart. It would be a smarter decision to keep him than send him away and kind of have to figure out this quarterback thing with that rookie head coach and maybe throw away a couple of years and possibly. Matt, Matt Rule, you know what I mean? Like, the, it, you know how the NFL works. If you start off in the first two, three years are not good just because you don't have a quarterback, it could, be, it could be curtains for you. Guys have no patience. The owner has no patience in the NFL. So that's an important p- piece to this puzzle as well that I'm interested in. Well, and there's another piece to the puzzle that no one may be willing to acknowledge yet. You mentioned how much they're paying Matt Rule blew the market apart as it relates to entry-level head coaches, especially for a guy who has one year of NFL experience as an assistant offensive line coach for the Giants in 2012. Cam Newton is ridiculously underpaid. 
And it may be that Cam Newton's position is, I'm not going back onto a football field until I rip up this $19 million that I'm due to make this year and you give me a real contract that reflects how the market has changed since I last signed a long-term extension that replaced his rookie deal. I think that could be part of this too. And again, nobody wants to be the bad guy. When it falls apart, right, no one wants to be perceived as the reason why a franchise quarterback leaves a team. Uh, And it very well could be, that everyone knows that this thing has come to an end, but they're trying to figure out the best way to make it end. And if Cam Newton has said, I want a new contract, I mean, I don't know that. You know, if I'm the Panthers and I'm keeping Cam Newton, I'm not giving him a new contract. I want to see what he does this year. I want to see that he's healthy. And uh, if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. But if you sign him to a new deal and it doesn't work, you're, you're stuck with a huge cap hit and a huge financial investment well into the future. So that really is the question. And, like, how this whole thing is going to play out is – Will there be a team out there that wants to sign Cam Newton to a long-term deal before he even steps back on a football field? Because that's really what's going to end up happening, right? Wouldn't you think with the trade? If they trade Cam Newton to the Chargers, let's just throw that out there, right? The Chargers are not going to trade for Cam Newton just thinking they might have a one-year rental, and then if he plays well, they're going to, he's going to get to hit the free agent market and walk away from you know trading an asset for him. So... I would assume that if Cam Newton goes somewhere else in a trade, there will be a deal set for him to sign when he shows up for at least the uh, you know an a extra year or two contract extension. That to me is crazy. Like you said, you got to see what Cam Newton is right now because he hasn't been healthy in a long time, and there's been a lot of weird stuff that has gone on. So making sure that you see him before you sign him to the contract, I guess, it's one of those situations where. There's always, you know, a sucker at the table and someone is going to bite and someone's going to say, you know what, we'll take our chances here. He, his shoulder might never be the same, but let's just take our chances here because we need a splash. Yeah, and, and you know what? That is a, a very real dynamic in this because even though Cam Newton uh, objectively should understand why a team wouldn't want to make the investment, objectivity goes out the window. He's seeing all these other guys that he looks at and says, these guys aren't as good as I am getting paid huge money, and here he is south of $20 million. Nick Foles is making $22 million a year, for crying out loud, on the bench in Jacksonville behind a six-round draft pick. So Cam Newton is going to insist, I believe, on a new contract, either from the Panthers or from wherever he gets traded. And, hey, the Chargers – and look, the Chargers got to start acting like they're in L.A. And the best way to act like you're in L.A. is to get Tom Brady or Cam Newton to be your quarterback. And if they don't get Brady, I think Newton's the guy they need to get. And if they have to give him a new contract, so be it. Another team that – is dealing with an issue at quarterback is the Tennessee Titans. And there was development yesterday that makes the situation in Tennessee, Big Cat, very interesting. Ryan Tannehill has now hired CAA, which also represents Derrick Henry, the star running back who is due to become a free agent. They got one franchise tag to use. These two guys are now bound together, and I believe the message to management is going to be neither guy is signing a new contract until you apply the franchise tag to one of them, meaning that the other one will get to test the market. Now, there's a chance the other one gets transition tagged if there isn't a new CBA, because if there isn't a new CBA by March 18, every team gets a franchise tag and a transition tag. Transition tag is meaningless, though. It's just a right to match. You don't get compensation, so if they transition tag Tannehill or Henry, the guy still gets to go to the market and see what's out there now that they're represented by the same agency. And I'm told one of the big factors for Tannehill in picking CAA was that they have Derrick Henry. There's an opportunity to put the Titans in checkmate a little bit 
as it comes to these two guys if they say we're not signing either guy to a long-term contract until you use the franchise tag on one of them. Yeah, this is kind of a weird situation because I was walking through the progression and every single, you know, Ryan Tannehill has an agent. They've been negotiating with the Titans for the last two months. They've been talking about the future. He then fires his agent, goes to CAA. Derrick Henry also CAA. So you're saying, okay, now he's got all the power. But Ryan Tannehill's exact agent is also the GM's agent in Nashville. So what? Like now the power's back with the GM because you'd have to think – they would get a deal done if they share the same agent. The whole thing's a little confusing. I would I would guess that the Titans are going to give Ryan Tannehill like a two, three-year thing because he's the type of guy that even though he was great last year, he still has a lot of body of work that's not so great. So to, to throw like big-time money, big-time years at Ryan Tannehill probably isn't the smartest decision. And guess what? To throw big-time money and big-time years at a running back? Also not the smartest decision. So it's going to be very interesting what they do with both these guys because depending on, you know, how you wake up on what side of the bed, you can decide, oh, I want to extend these guys forever. Or, hey, you know what? The, the best way to build a team is to not give a ton of resources to a quarterback who has been in the league for a long time and been more bad than good and a running back who is very good, but the running back position is not really where the priority should be in 2020. Yeah, I mean, my guess would be you franchise tag Derrick Henry, you see what he does this year before you make a longer-term decision, and then you just see what the market is for Ryan Tannehill. And if somebody decides to offer him $30 million a year, you say, see you later, we'll go sign Phillip Rivers, who is also a CAA client. CAA, look, the, the, and, the, and the, we don't have enough time to get into this. The fact that CAA represents GM John Robinson, yes, it's a conflict of interest on the surface, but it's not like they're taking the money out of John Robinson's pocket. They're not representing john robinson in the same negotiate they're not going head to head the fact that they have that relationship though you know there's only so far they can push it without without making him mad and that's just part of the the delicate reality that uh, that goes along with being able to represent both players and general managers and coaches in the nfl we gotta take a break when we return uh, speaking of another quarterback who needs a contract dak prescott does he think he's worth 40 million dollars well let you hear what he had to say in response to that question when PFT Live continues right after this. Are you a $40 million quarterback? You tell me. I, I'm asking you. You're the one that, it's your you're contract. You're the I, I'm not the one writing the checks, though. Yeah, I'm not either. If it's my call to write it, yeah, no telling. I mean, let's let's be honest, right? So, uh, I mean, like I said before, though, I mean, I trust my agent. Uh, I trust the Cowboys. Something will get done. We're not going to sit here and put a number on it. Uh, something will happen. Dak Prescott with Kimberly Martin of Yahoo Sports. Something will happen. I don't like giving up that little piece of leverage. I like the uncertainty that he has kept the Cowboys in that, hey, maybe nothing will happen. Maybe they'll use the franchise tag. Maybe I'll go year to year like Kirk Cousins did. But uh, he's expressing some optimism there. And, of course, he would take $40 million if they're going to let him write the check. But, Big Cat, I don't think he's coming close to $40 million. $35 million, I think, is the most he can hope for. And even then, remember, Russell Wilson's $35 million isn't a true $35 million. It was $31.4 million at signing. And since Dak Prescott currently doesn't have a contract, whatever he gets at signing is what matters. You pegged it a couple of weeks ago. $32 million is the number. I think that's what gets it done. 
$32 million at signing because he currently doesn't have a contract. He rejected $33 million in new money. That would have been about $28 million at signing. $32 million, I think, gets it done. The question is, when will the Cowboys do it? Well, first of all, something will happen could be Dak Prescott being a free agent. So I don't take that as like, oh, he screwed up the negotiation there. Something could happen. He could be a free agent. So, Mike, he said something will get done before something that. Will get done. Something, yes, something, something will get done. Yes, something will get done. At some point, something will get done. Either they will or they will The dishes, won't. maybe. Something will get done. Uh, I love this question because it's very similar. You just mentioned Russell Wilson. Remember when Russell Wilson went on, what was it, Jimmy Fallon or Jimmy Kimmel and basically had the planted question? This is a planted question. This is like, hey, we'll do an interview with you. Just make sure that you anchor the negotiation at $40 million. Like, that's an outrageous amount of money to give Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott is a good quarterback, maybe borderline great if he can have everything right around him. But you know what $40 million does? It makes sure that not everything's great around you, so you have to do it all yourself, and he's not that guy. So that was a, a well well done by Dak Prescott's people to make sure he did an interview where they anchored a negotiation at $40 million. And here's the thing to remember. It's not based on the market at this point for Dak Prescott. It's based on the franchise tag. If they use the exclusive franchise tag on him that prevents him from talking to other teams and signing an offer sheet with another team, he's looking at $33.4 million for 2020. Next year, that number would go to $40 million. So by next year, if he goes two years under the franchise tag exclusive version, Big Cat, he will get $40 million in 2021 and I think that's part of what maybe his agents are trying to get the Cowboys to understand it's no longer about the market once you start talking about the franchise tag especially the exclusive tag yeah yeah absolutely right I I mean we're gonna do this for a while now and and it's just funny because I feel like Jerry Jones and Dak Prescott have that type of relationship it's gonna get done like he said, something will get done. He's wearing a Dallas hat in that thing. I did see a quote that he might not be at the offseason. Dallas Renegades. Hmm? True. Could be the Dallas Renegades. Imagine that. Imagine if he was like the XFL, pay me $40 million and I'll play next year or I'll play right now, I'll suit up. That would be a great negotiation. That's what we need. I don't think that Vince McMahon is going to pay him $40 million, but it would be great if he offered it. We'll be back with more right after this. It's a Wednesday night hockey doubleheader on NBCSN. First up, the Montreal Canadiens take on the Boston Bruins. Then it's the Calgary Flames at the LA Kings. Coverage begins with NHL Live at 6.30 p.m. Eastern on NBCSN. Puck drops at 7.30 p.m. Eastern only on NBCSN. And then tomorrow night, oh, it's another doubleheader. Philadelphia at Florida, followed by Washington at Colorado. Alexander Ovechkin's chase for 700 goals continues. He is at 698. Two goals, if my math is correct, and it rarely is. We'll get him to 700. All right, it's time to play a little Would You Rather with Big Cat. Let's get right into it. Would you rather, if you're Jerry Jones, lock Dak Prescott up to a long-term deal or sign Tom Brady, chase a championship, and take your chances after he retires? This one's actually tough. Because Jerry Jones clearly desperately wants to get back to the Super Bowl. It's been a long, long time. I still think I would take my chances with the guy who's 26 long-term. Then Tom Brady, you know, a new system, a new setting. And you don't know what it's going to be in two, three years. Whereas Dak Prescott should 
should be hitting his prime in those two, three years. You know, Michael Irvin got this talk started on Friday. He was on WEEI in Boston, and he said some very significant people, air quotes, very significant people, told him that the Cowboys may make a run at Tom Brady. He had to put out the fire on social media the next day saying none of those people are with the Cowboys. Well, it doesn't change the fact that he said some very significant people told him watch Dallas as a landing spot for Tom Brady. So, look, I hey, if I'm Jerry Jones, and Jerry Jones has made it clear over the past five years that he's keenly aware that he's only got so many more football seasons to try to, to engineer – in a championship and for one year for this year I love Dak Prescott and they should pay Dak Prescott but if this is one year if if this is it if I got one year to live and I'm Jerry Jones and I know that that I'm going up or down a year from now I am taking Tom Brady for one year for what to try to get to try to go out with a championship I want Tom Brady over Dak Prescott did you I mean but he doesn't have one year I would assume he doesn't have one year. I agree with you. If the hypothetical changes to one year, Jerry Jones has one single year, I'd agree with you. But if you're saying, hey, Jerry Jones might have 10, 15, I don't know how old Jerry Jones is, modern medicine. 78. I mean, he's going to have all the modern medicine at his disposal. He's 78. Okay. Let's say 12 more years. Okay. You got to go with Dak Prescott. You got to actually have a little foresight here and not just rush for the one year. I, I here's the other thing that we need to factor in. We're going to move on to the next one, but we talked earlier about Dak Prescott's contract situation. At some point, there's a, a degree of exasperation that can set in for the Cowboys if Dak Prescott continues to say no, 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 and want more, 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 more than what the Cowboys are willing to pay him. That's a factor in this as well. At what point do the Cowboys say enough? We'll tag him, we'll trade him, and we'll sign Tom Brady. All right, if you're Ron Rivera. Would you rather stick with the quarterbacks you have or try to get your old quarterback from Carolina into the fold in D.C.? I think, you know, I, Cam Newton is better than Dwayne Haskins. That's not, like, earth-shattering news. But if you are Ron Rivera and you know that the Redskins used a, uh, you know, big asset, a high round or high pick on Dwayne Haskins – You'd be better served to have that become something than go with Cam Newton this year. And, I mean, if you go with Cam Newton this year, you're basically saying Dwayne Haskins is not going to be a franchise quarterback. So I think, again, the long-term play here would be to say, let's see if we have Dwayne, something with Dwayne Haskins instead of trying to do a short-term fix, short-term Band-Aid with Cam Newton. Yeah, their concern, I think, with Haskins is he's going to feel like he's entitled, that the job is his – and maybe he doesn't bust his butt the way he would if he were competing. They're trying to create an atmosphere of competition, even if it's not real. And I think it helps Rivera in a weird sort of a job security way to be skeptical about Haskins, but embrace him ultimately. Because then if you go a year or two and Haskins isn't the guy, it's easier for you to stick around for year three and year four because you can say, hey, Dan, you know, I was on record from day one. I'm not a big believer in Dwayne Haskins but we couldn't just waste that draft pick, so we went ahead and gave him a couple of years. Now let me go get my guy, whoever Ron Rivera's guy ends up being. So, you know, I've seen coaches go along with the status quo knowing that they're not going to be blamed for failure if they just make it clear that they have their doubts about the guy and then they see who they can get at quarterback later on. I'd stick with the guys I have. I don't know if Cam Newton wants to be in Washington. And if I'm Ron Rivera, 
you know, for the same reason the Panthers may have Cam Newton injury and health fatigue, I definitely have it if I'm Ron Rivera, right? This constant right. question of, is my quarterback healthy? Will he stay healthy? Should he be playing? You know, they let him play the first two games of the year when he had no business playing. Like, where is the person who says to Cam, go sit down? That's Rivera's job. I think Rivera's may, may be happy to, to be away from that dynamic. All right, uh, next one. If you're Tom Brady, would you rather lose a Super Bowl without Bill Belichick or win another one with him? <laughs> I mean, this is kind of a silly question, isn't it? Would you rather have they one, all another? Yeah, but this one truly, like, would you rather have another Super Bowl or not have another Super Bowl? I think Tom but, Brady but, would take have another Super Bowl. But but to get to the mountain, even if you don't win no, it, to, no. to get there without Belichick, I guess, you know, here's the question. Seven if you lose Super to Bowls? Belichick, if you're losing to Belichick in the Super Bowl, you don't want that. That's that's different. Right, right. But seven Super Bowls? Come on. I mean, that's crazy. I Yeah, the, the losing to Belichick would be, would be the interesting, like making this actually an interesting hypothetical here. But but that, listen, don't don't poo-poo the hypotheticals, right? You call no, out the control room ninja style here. Here here's the thing, um, I I I think that at some level, this 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 stuff that's happening between the Patriots and Brady, ultimately is driven by Brady wanting to show he can do it without Belichick, and Belichick wanting to show he can do it without Brady. Right? You've, you've so been how, big on this for a long time. And, and while there's probably some truth to it, I think it's very overstated. But you you admit there's some truth to it. Of course I, there is. I, it's I, human nature. Egos come into play. Guys, I mean, working with someone for that many years, it's a testament to how like great they are that they have been able to make it work because every relationship falls apart eventually when you're in this type, type of high-pressure you know, situation where you have to win all the time and people are handing out credit, that's a very, very hard spot to be in. I just think at the end of the day, there's probably a lot more mutual respect for each other than mutual animosity, if that's a good way to put it. Well, and, and let me say this. I've yet to answer the question. I agree. Take the Super Bowl win, right? Tom Brady always says when he's asked what his favorite ring is, he says the next one. He always wants that next one, and he wants seven. Sims theory has been he wants to get to seven because seven is one more than your guy, Michael Jordan. So then at that point, people start saying Tom Brady is not just the greatest football player of all time, the greatest professional athlete of all time, because he's got seven and Jordan's got six. What about, uh, what about Bill Russell? Well, don't listen, don't confuse what about with facts. Yeah. I'm sure there's a soccer player in the, like modern, but modern, he shoots, he scores. Uh, all right. If you're if you're Taysom Hill, would you oh. rather? Oh, he is in the outline. Would you rather wait another year in New Orleans with Sean Payton as your coach, and then you become the quarterback in 2021 after Drew Brees retires, assuming he comes back, or start at quarterback somewhere else in 2020? Okay, Mike. I have a question for you. It's a very simple question. Do you think Sean Payton is a good football coach? Yes. Okay. Do you think Teddy Bridgewater is a franchise quarterback? No. Okay. There, therefore, what was uh, Sean Payton doing when Drew Brees got hurt and didn't put in 
future franchise quarterback, that's Mike Florio saying that, Taysom Hill, and instead putting in not franchise quarterback Teddy Bridgewater. Here's why. Once you make Taysom Hill the quarterback, you can't use him for all that other stuff. This okay. was a way to let But Taysom he's a Hill franchise to... quarterback, Mike. He's a franchise quarterback. Hey, listen, Sean, you've been waiting all week. You think you're going to put me in a box with that? I just put you in a box. You, can, no, you make you no sense. It's so simple. If you think hey. Sean Payton's a good head coach and you think that Teddy Bridgewater isn't a franchise quarterback, then you're saying that Sean Payton will, like, willingly – Put in a lesser quarterback under the under the the assumption that Taysom Hill is a franchise quarterback, like you said. He willingly put in the lesser quarterback to win games when you had a franchise quarterback ready to go on the roster, according to Mike Florio. Again, I don't think Taysom Hill is a franchise quarterback. That's absolute insanity. Well, first of all, it worked. They won the five games. With that Taylor has Bridgewater. nothing to do with it. No, no, no. The, the hey, results, hey. it's not the results. It's at the moment in time. Do you think that if Sean Payton actually thought Taysom Hill was a franchise quarterback, he wouldn't have put him in there and said, I'm playing the best guy. The coaches in the NFL always play the best guy in that situation. Let me go next level on okay. with this. Okay. We got to consider Taysom Hill's contract situation. Oh, Final my God. No, 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 no. Look, they already have to worry about somebody potentially making him an offer as a restricted free agent. And Sean Payton told Peter King, Super Bowl week, they're bracing for that. Somebody in the lower part of round one making an offer for Taysom Hill. And then the Saints have to decide, can they and will they match it? They don't want to lose this guy. They found this guy. This is one of the great discoveries of Sean Payton's career. And he wants to keep him. And if you showcase him for five weeks when Drew Brees is out and he becomes Steve Young, and Sean Payton is the one who says the vision for Taysom Hill is Steve Young. Are you kidding me? And Sean Payton is not a guy who recklessly engages in hyperbole. Once you put that Steve Young label on the guy, that tells me you believe in him. And Jay Glazer reported during Super Bowl week, and if you want to doubt Jay Glazer, I'll let him come put you in a headlock and you know he'll do it. He reported that they view Taysom Hill as a franchise quarterback. And Taysom Hill views himself as a franchise quarterback. It astounds me. I Look, I, and it makes me wonder whether the mouth breathers on Twitter even pay attention to what's going on in the NFL. Because you throw out this idea, like I did the other day, that Taysom Hill is a future star in the NFL, and these people lose their minds. Have you not watched Taysom Hill play? Have in you not seen the impact plays, that he Mike, has? He's not, but he's, but he, did, did you not watch him in the preseason against the Chargers? The guy has the potential to be an NFL starter. And Mike, when you're preseason. when you're tied up, I, I said preseason. Did I not say preseason? No, I know, I know. I I'm just repeating it. No, I'm repeating right. it for everyone. Preseason. Yeah. Okay. Preseason. I'll stipulate that it was the preseason. My point is this. You put a guy like that with Sean Payton. You put a guy with that skill set with Sean Payton. The biggest concern is keeping him healthy because he had injuries at the college level. Can he stay healthy as a full-time guy at the NFL level? But I look, I don't know what was going on inside Sean Payton's brain when he decided to go with Teddy Bridgewater over Taysom Hill because I thought at a minimum it would be a shared arrangement between Bridgewater and Hill. But – Hill is the guy they envision taking over for Drew Brees when Drew Brees retires. And if Drew Brees stays, expect to see a lot more Taysom Hill this year. And Hill said it himself. He views himself as a franchise quarterback, and if the Saints don't view him that way, 
he has to leave. Six. That's simple. Six career don't, don't, completions. I know. I Hold know. On. Six Hold on, Mike. Let me ask you this. Explain this passes. to me. Explain I this know. to me, Mike. Explain this to me, Mike. What How is many the situation? passes did Steve Young if, have behind Joe Montana? Mike, he, Steve Young was a starting quarterback in the NFL before he went to the 49ers. What are you talking about? Oh, with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? I'm sorry. Was, was that stuck. Did that not count? Is that preseason? He was stuck. He was stuck. You're yeah, crazy. Tampa Bay, yes. You're crazy. <laughs> Mike, Mike, give me this question. Answer this question. What happens if someone else goes and pays for Taysom Hill? Do the Saints get anything in compensation? They get a first-round pick. What? They get a – what? Wait, if, so – If they, wait, if, so if are they you apply that, the first round – Hold on. Are you saying then it probably benefits Sean Payton to pump up Taysom Hill and put air in his well, tires? Why he, Is that uh, what you're so saying? So why wouldn't he have played him? So you're saying he didn't – listen, Big Cat, did you watch the Vikings-Saints game? Did you watch the Vikings-Saints yes, game? Yes, of course I did. Or were you watching a and dog show? I know show? you're lying. He had gimmick plays, and he's a very good weapon. He's not a franchise quarterback. He's completed six passes. I just dominated you in this. You know – I've got four fingers here, <laughs> and I've got one I'd really like to show you right now. I, but, listen, but this is a all, dream job that I don't all, want to become a nightmare. No, no, Mike, all joking aside, I absolutely 100% wiped the floor with you in this argument. Okay. Sure all joking aside. We have, All joking aside, uh, never mind. We'll be back right after this with more PFT Live. Interesting developments in Colorado. They need a new head football coach. That's the school that Chiefs offensive coordinator Eric Bieniemy attended. He's still the all-time leading rusher for the Colorado Buffaloes. Mel Tucker, just a few days after, he said he was committed to staying in Colorado despite interest from Michigan State. Mel Tucker went to Michigan State, and now Colorado, a logical potential landing spot for Eric Bieniemy. Look, I don't know that Colorado's going to want him. I don't know why they wouldn't want him at this point, especially since it's February 12 and they don't have a head coach. But if you're the enemy, do you go back to Colorado or do you stay with Patrick Mahomes in Kansas City and wait for what should be inevitably a head coaching opportunity somewhere else? Now, uh, if you throw out money, I mean, obviously there's a chance Colorado says, hey, we're going to back up the Binks, Brinks truck and get Eric the enemy here. I doubt that will happen. Just knowing Colorado, they don't seem like that type of school that uh, has those type of resources and alumni. But. I totally agree with you, Mike. You make a great point. Eric Bieniemy, you're now attached to Patrick Mahomes. You're going to get a head coaching job in the NFL at some point. Like, that is inevitable because Patrick Mahomes is going to keep being great. You're going to keep being part of that. So stay on that until you get a head coaching job. And then in the NFL, and then the money will come and all everything else. So I completely agree with you. It's like, uh, you know, Adam Gase linking himself to, to Peyton Manning. You might even get a couple head coaching jobs out of being Patrick Mahomes' guy for multiple years. Or or you just stay, get a fistful of Super Bowl rings, and wait for Andy Reid to walk away and become the head coach of Patrick Mahomes for the remainder yeah. of your own career and win multiple Super Bowls as a head coach. Yeah, if I'm Eric Bieniemy, I'm not leaving. And I'm not leaving for another NFL head coaching job unless there's a franchise quarterback there or easily attainable because you've got one of the best quarterbacks in NFL history already. Now, look, he's got, I mean, statistically, he's got a long way to go, but he's shown us enough in two years that, uh, you know, through the normal passage of time and playing of games, he's going to rack up the kind of numbers that make him one of the best ever and the championships that make him one of the best ever. And if I can ride sidecar to that, I'm going to do it. 
It makes my job a hell of a lot easier when I've got Patrick Mahomes as my quarterback. So, sorry, Colorado. I ain't leaving. I'm staying put. And I'm not leaving for another NFL team either if it's just going to be one of these coach for two years and then get fired and wish you were still with the Chiefs. Yep. Agree with everything you said. So, I mean, you would imagine he's going to get a job next year, right? Like, he seems like he's there was enough buzz this year around him that he is kind of the, the next in waiting. Like, he will be linked to every single open job that, that happens in the NFL in December and January next year. So then he'll have the decision. Then he can decide whether, you know, this makes sense. But going to Colorado right now, that makes no sense. Unless, of course, they just say here is way too much money, which I do not think they'll be able to do. But, you know, it seems like there's four or five guys every year that are destined to be head coaches and like one or two of them end up getting the jobs. Like Robert Robert Sala and Eric Bieniemy are the guys who we're all going to presume will be head coaches in the next hiring cycle. And they very well may be. But there's going to be other names that come up. There's going to be other teams that play well. And, you know, it's, it's just – it's also uh, superficial, the interest that owners develop in coaches. You know, is a team hot in September, October, November – well, then one of the coordinators must be ready to be a good head coach. It's just crazy how it happens. So I'm not ready to say someone's definitely going to make him an offer, but I think for Biennemi, whoever makes him that offer, as I said, you better be damn sure you're going to a place where you feel good about your chances of winning because I'd rather stay in Kansas City and maybe wait for Andy Reid to retire and maybe become the next coach of the Chiefs and be the guy who coaches Patrick Mahomes late into his 30s and maybe walk away with as many Super Bowl rings in my pocket as Bill Belichick on a keychain. We'll be back with more PFT Live right after this. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn on what you want, like trying out that new workout class, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller for your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash.